The Money Podcast by best-selling author of Money, Rob Moore, dives into how to make, manage, and master money. How to know more, make more, and give more. How to save, invest, and raise money. The Money Podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money in a job, profession, or passion. For money masters and money disasters. They say money doesn't make you happy. Rob says it does. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Now, I believe there is one main metric to make more money in your business that you must track that most people aren't that will make a huge difference in your revenue, in your referrals, in your reach, in reducing your marketing spend. The list goes on. Uh, Now, the um, acronym, is it? The letters are LCV. Uh, And I'm going to share with you what that means and how to work that out in a moment. Um, What a lot of people aren't doing is tracking all their metrics in their business. So they don't know uh, where they're generating their leads from. They don't know the cost per acquisition of client. They don't know their maximum cost per acquisition of client, which I call the MAC, maximum acquisition cost per new client. They don't know what different lead sources are generating the different quality of leads. They don't know, actually, if one lead source is sourcing the best clients or types of clients and one lead source is sourcing the worst kind of clients, the ones that want a tenner for a fiver uh, and they want their pound of your flesh and massive customer service and admin costs to you. So I'm going to share about nine or ten points on LCV, what it means, how to track it and how to maximise the revenue in your business. Just before I do that, I'm going to share this into one of my groups. Uh, If you're listening to The Money Podcast, thank you for being a subscriber. Uh, And um, I've got something special to announce at the end of this podcast, which people have been asking me for, for ages and ages, uh, and finally is going live very soon. Okay, so lifetime client value is LCV, lifetime client value. Now, this is the value to you in total per client for the lifetime of the client, possibly the most important metric in any business. Now, if you don't know to the pounds and pence what your lifetime client value is, then you have no idea Um, whether you should be looking to acquire new clients, whether you should be looking to create new products and services to sell to your existing clients, or you should sell more of the same products and services to your existing clients. If you don't know what your lifetime client value is worth, you don't know um, how much, where, where you should be marketing and how much you should be spending. So if you know your lifetime client value, which I'll tell you the metric for in a minute, it's actually really simple then you can essentially loss lead at the front end. So um, I run many events which are low cost, multiple streams of property income, business breakthrough summit, etc. Now, these events can be two or three days. They're usually in our training suites in Peterborough. So they have less cost than if we were to hire a venue in the, in the AV in London. But sometimes these events can cost us 10, 15, 20,000 pounds to put on. I've got to stump up all that expense if I'm giving a very low cost ticket, which doesn't cover uh, the cost of the event, or sometimes I live even gift a free event. But I know that once people come to one of those events, uh, on the business breakthrough side, the spend might be £1,200 per client. 
the um, multiple streams of property income side, it might be 1,500, 2,000 or 2,500 pounds spend per client. And then there's the staircase of products and services that go beyond that. Um, and this, by the way, goes for service accommodation as well, because I think a lot of people with service accommodation kind of just target um, new uh, clients. And when I say clients, new, you know, people to stay in their, in their rooms. But actually, if you remarket to get back in touch with existing clients and gave, gave them a small discount, usually what we do at Progressive Let, so we have 22 service accommodation units that bring in £520,000 gross income. And I think airbnbooking.com, they charge around about 10%, give or take. You'll know the exact number if you're in service accommodation. So what we do is we go back to the client after they've had a booking and we give them that discount. We pass it on to them because we don't have to pay it um, to, you know, to the um, channel managers or the service providers. Uh, and then we get a rebooking. Now, of course, you don't get 100% rebooks. Here's the next thing as well uh, with Corporate clients, you know, so when you go to companies who send their staff to towns or cities to do various jobs, we've we've had an 11 month booking before. We've had a few nine month bookings. Now, when we first started doing service accommodation, I assumed we'd have only one night bookings. Now, sometimes things are harder than you think, but sometimes things are easier than you think. So if you get these large bookings, three months, six months, nine months, you've dramatically increased the lifetime client of that, uh, the lifetime client value of that client. You've gone from their lifetime client value being one booking for one night, uh, averaging out at the average cost per room. Um, and that would be the average order value, the AOV. But then if they rebook, rebook, and then a mass book, and you incentivize them maybe to do that with a bit of a discount, You've dramatically increased the lifetime client value with no extra marketing costs. You're not paying Airbnb, booking.com. You're not running Facebook ads, etc. So go back to the events then. So we have um, Business Breakthrough Summit, multiple streams of property income, uh, which generate between £1,200 and £2,500 of sales per person at the event. So it makes a lot of sense for me to work out what percentage of that 1200 to 2500 I can afford to pay to acquire the client. Now, this goes to maximum acquisition cost. So I like to look at maximum acquisition cost. Sorry if we're getting a bit technical, but it's bloody important. Um, as about 50% of the net profit of the client. So if your net profit is 20%, then 50% of the net profit is 10%. Now, if they're £1,200 to £2,500 in gross sales... So 20% is 240 to 500. Um, half of that, or 10% in total, is uh, 120 to 250 pounds. So I can afford to pay between 120 and 250 pounds to acquire a client. Now that's a, a 120 to 250 pound loss lead. Then they're going to come to an event which per head in the room, I might have paid £100 extra for them to come to the event. So I'm paying 220 to £350 to have the client in the room. They've spent nothing with my companies and we've invested that money to have them in the room. But then the average spend per client is 1200 to 2500 at that event. And then we have this scared staircase of products which goes down to masterclasses, academies, retreats, renewals. Um, and then there's uh, other verticals that they can move across into. So they've come down our property courses, they go onto our public speaking courses, they go onto our 
podcast courses, they go onto our e-commerce courses. And so the lifetime client value uh, for us, in fact, our highest client has invested £85,000 with us. Our top 50 clients have all invested more than £40,000 with us. Now, that's not in one go. That's over many years in a staircase fashion, in a non-friction fashion, in a way that um, they do at their own pace at their own time. Um, in fact, probably 80% of our products and services you can actually never see and you don't get offered until you've done the, the next event where we feel then it's time and you're ready because, you know, it can be a bit much if you sell everything to everyone at the same time. Um, you know, you, you, like BMW, what they're trying to do is get quite a young person to buy a one series. That'll be a vast amount of their marketing because once they buy a one series, then they might upgrade to the three series, the five series, the seven series, the eight series, etc. Okay, now a new customer is likely to be about four times as expensive as an existing customer. And most businesses are a bit hell-bent on focusing, focusing on new customers. But new customers are much more expensive. They're harder to target. There isn't a the trust, the rapport. They're sceptical. They don't know you. They're getting marketed to by everyone. We're all getting, you know, um, interrupted on, on our feeds and everywhere we are. Stop. Buy my stuff. Stop. Stop what you're doing that you're enjoying doing. And, you know, look at my marketing. So I have no problem with marketing, by the way. And if, if we're all fighting for attention, you've got to find a way to get attention. But that is obviously attritional uh, and that has a much higher cost. Whereas once you've got a client, once they've spent that first pound with you, they've made that first transaction, that's the biggest friction point. Then remarketing to existing clients for new products and services, um, on selling them or offering them, sometimes at discounts, uh, the same product and service again can dramatically increase your lifetime client value and, and it can actually um, incrementally reduce the cost per acquisition of the client. So to work out the lifetime client value, it's actually quite a simple metric. Um, and it's not average order value. So average order value, if you have different products and services at different prices, is the average amount um, that a client purchases. So if you have rooms between 200 and 400, the average order value might be 300. The lifetime client value is your total sales divided by your total number of unique customers or clients. Now, this is really important to track. Your total number of sales divided by your total number of unique clients. Sorry if I sound a bit out of breath. Um, I've actually just done a workout. So you want to measure this every six to 12 months because as your turnover goes up, your hopefully lifetime client value will go up. But your turnover could go up, but you're getting more new customers which are costing you more money and you're selling less to existing customers and your profit margin could actually go down and your lifetime client value could go down. Whereas you could rest from trying to acquire new clients for three months, for example. I'm not saying you should, you could. And only focus on existing customers, better customer service, better client care, better customer journey and experience, you know, more customer love, more random acts of kindness for them. And of course, letting them know about your new product services, offers, renewal subscriptions, etc., you could uh, dramatically increase the profit and reduce the marketing costs. Uh, so if you do this every six to 12 months, your lifetime client value will change depending on number of new clients, number of sales to existing clients, etc. Um, now, as your lifetime client value uh, increases, you can then take a portion of that profit and reinvest it into your front end, into your marketing, which creates this virtuous cycle where you will get more clients and therefore longer lifetime client value. Now, a lot of people, when they start their business, are thinking, how little can they spend? And from an overhead perspective, a fixed overhead perspective, that's smart. You don't want to put massive strain with loans and premises and stuff that's really expensive and stock that you can't get rid of. That's fixed costs. 
But variable costs, such as marketing, you want to be testing all the time and you absolutely want to be investing a portion of your profit back into marketing. So Mark and I retain about 50% of our um, net profits in the company. We probably spend between 120, well, on, in total, we spend nearly 200,000 pounds a month on marketing, about 120 on direct marketing, like Facebook ads, Google ads, Spotify ads, Amazon ads, ads et cetera. Uh, and then the other sort of 80 grand in other areas of marketing, maybe brand marketing or sort of non-direct response. But I think it's wise to have 20% of your marketing budget, which you're prepared to test and lose. That is new marketing media, where you're testing what the new maximum acquisition cost per client is, and you're testing to get multiple streams of leads. So the new area we're testing is Spotify. So I'm prepared to spend about 30,000 of the 200,000 a month in unproven, new, untested marketing media, knowing that probably 70% of that money will just, I might as well just light it, smoke it. But unless you test, you don't know. Now we were all testing years ago, Google ads, then Facebook ads and whatever marketing media worked for us now that didn't work before. So the maximum acquisition cost, the MAC, uh, the, the maximum you can pay to acquire a client to still have a sustainable profit margin, I recommend about 50% of your net profits. If your net profit is 20%, 10% of the turnover or the product value, I suggest you could invest in marketing to find a new client. Now, remember this though, and this is why it's really important to test multiple streams of leads. Not all client sources are the same. So you could have a client source from, say, a Groupon, which makes really cheap, off, you know, frequent offers or secret sales, you know, which sells products at a really big discounted rate. And then you could have leads that come generically from your website that have done a lot of research in their own time on you. And you might find that Groupon has actually a net loss or a much, you know, you might spend 120 to 350 pounds to acquire that client, but they might only spend 50 pounds with you for the lifetime. But then the people who naturally have been listening to your podcast, reading your books, searching your website, building remote rapport with you, they may spend £5,000 per lifetime of client. So it's really important not just to track lifetime client value and maximum acquisition cost on a generic basis, but per lead source. And that's not as difficult as it sounds. Get a, a VA or an outsourcer or your PA or someone in marketing to do it part time, some kind of accountant or bookkeeper who can track KPIs and enjoys it. Or you just have a spreadsheet and go, okay, I get my leads from Facebook ads, Google ads, Spotify ads, Amazon ads, organic messages on LinkedIn, organic messages on Facebook. Uh, and then you track all the way down the line what they buy and when they buy and where they buy. And then you work out the lifetime client value per lead source. And then you slow down or stop or tweak the areas that aren't working. You tweak the marketing and the conversion environments. You re you rewrite your copy to have it to be a more accurate to that uh, specific vertical. Or you just can it completely because it doesn't work because it brings you the wrong kind of clients. And then you upscale the areas that work the most. Now, if you grow fast, your lifetime client value can reduce because it's chaos and breakage. You can get new clients, but then bad customer service, complaints, reputation issue, issues, legal issues, and your lifetime client value can go down. So you're always sort of expanding and contracting between acquiring new clients to generate new turnover and business and looking after existing clients to make them happy. And hopefully, ultimately, they invest more money with you with renewals, repeat business, um, new product purchases or, you know, um, ongoing subscriptions, for example. You know, if you're a subscription business, every time you lose a subscriber, you've lost future lifetime client value. So sometimes it's better to retain a subscriber than it is to try and buy and find a new one. All right, great. And then finally, referrals. So as your lifetime client values extend and you get happier clients who've invested quite a lot of money and time with you, ask them for referrals and repeat business. The happiest clients are the ones that are going to um, give you the best referrals, the best quality of referrals are going to be the most 
um, keen to do that. And then that increases your lifetime client value further because referrals cost you virtually nothing. You may decide to pay them a referral fee or give them a gift, but actually it's going to be a lot less than acquiring a new client. So thanks for tuning in. Um, now, this thing that people have been asking me for over and over and over and over is I announced a few months ago that I was going to do a series on my money podcast. And I was going to do going from debt to zero, zero to 100 grand, 100 grand to 250, 250 to 500, 500 to a million, a million to five, five to 10 and 10 to 20. Uh, and I did the, ze- the debt to zero. Uh, and then the rest of the series I haven't yet done. And it's kind of intentional um, because I wanted to spread it out. Um, but coming in the next couple of episodes, I will be doing the second and third in the series, which is going from zero to 100 grand and then 100 grand to 250 grand. It will be a deep dive. It will be a long episode on all the different elements, facets and stages of going from zero to 100, 100 to 250. Now, by the way, going from debt to zero, zero to 100, 100 to 250, 250 to 500, 500 to a million, a million to five, five to 10, 10 to 20. They're different actions, different strategies, different tactics and different mindsets to go through each stage. I couldn't say to you go from zero to 20 million. Because it's actually micro stages. You've got, um, you've got seven stages of a business. You've got the idea stage. You've got the startup phase. Um, you, know, you've, you have the systemization phase. You have growth phase one, growth phase two. You have um, legacy phase. You have um, exit phase. And at each phase, you need a different mindset, a different skill set, a different culture, a different set of staff and systems and processes and a different vision. Um, so I will be extending that series on this money podcast. So if you subscribe already and you're listening, great. It's coming. You don't have to do anything. If you're watching uh, this video live, make sure you just find on Stitcher or iTunes My Money Podcast. They will be going live. Also, our highest downloaded podcast to date, and this was only two episodes ago. Usually it's the early episodes that get the highest downloaded, um, um, highest downloads, uh, was uh, my interview with Martin Fritzen, who wrote How to Be a Billionaire. That was an epic download um, for my podcast on money. So if you haven't listened to that, you'll want to listen to that. I read How to Be a Billionaire when I was, it was 2006, early 2006. Really big mind opener. Um, I think it was all a bit beyond me then because I was just kind of out of debt, but it really blew my mind. Uh, and so to be able to interview the author, what, 14, 13, 14 years later, and really unpick the, the successful traits of the greats of the billionaires uh, and, and reverse engineer that to help you move towards more money. You, might, you don't have to necessarily want to be a billionaire or you might want to. And um, that was a great thing to go through. We did a 90 minute episode on that. And he's my first actual guest on the Money Podcast. So um, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, money. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.